Dragon's Fair Family Fun Center Studio. It's the Bill King Show. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. Go get it, dog. I'm a man! He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. I'd is sitting on a firecracker. And suits so fine, they made Sinatra look like a hobo. It's a fantastic day for the United States of America. It's the Bill King Show. Call or text now. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Call us or send us a text on the WNSR text line. 615-844-5600. 615-844-5600. Call or text. Same number. Red 7. I don't know what Red 7 means. Brought to you by Omni Nashville Hotel. Fifth Avenue, downtown. Hot Rock. That's what we call a sack lunch. I do have are a very particular set of skills. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. talking about just some players from back in the 90s. Ernie Badeau was a Louisiana kid that everybody had to have. Ended up in Florida. Wasn't very good. Billy Barron was one out of Louisiana. I believe Marrero, who came up here to Knoxville and didn't bust a grape either. That happens. That happens to players in any state. But, Blake, we were having fun last hour because I said, I don't think Blake Rafino was even born back then. I don't think he would know these guys. I was in first grade, Bill. I know <laughs> Ernest Bedeau. He's a uh, chemical engineer. Oh, do you know him? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, he's, chem- yeah, he's a chemical engineer. I think uh, maybe Chevron or Shell or something like that. And, Bill, the famous, uh, the famous line from your buddy Jerry Donardo <laughs> If I'm not mistaken, when Badeau went to and signed with Florida, they got uh, – that was the class that Jerry DiNardo got Kevin Falk and all those Louisiana kids to stay, like Booger McFarlane and all those dudes. So Jerry runs out there at the, Bay- at the Bayou Splash event at his Italian restaurant, um, which now is called Rafino's, I might add. Yeah. Um, he said that they got the best defense attack on the country in Booger McFarlane. Oh yeah, Which, Ernie's a, uh, Ernie or Ernest, excuse me, Ernest. If I'm pretty sure is a, is a chemical engineer down here in one of these oil fields. Wow, I did not know that. Mm-hmm. I know I was on the phone with Bill Elias, who was the recruiting coordinator, and I knew him because he mm-hmm. was here at Vanderbilt when they got Falk committed, and I could hear everybody in the back screaming. That's how big. <laughs> that's how excited they were. <laughs> I don't blame them. Well, and. You- Florida State was the team, right? Florida State was the team that right. was the big threat. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what's funny, Bill? A lot of people, you know, look at Saban as changing the culture at Louisiana at LSU, I should say. Um, it was really Jerry, right, getting those kids to stay at home and you know doing the things that you got to do behind the scenes and recruiting to get kids here. I mean, he was the one that did it. 
that get, that didn't spark, you know, um, the administration, which, by the way, believe it or not, was Mark Emmert, Bill, the former NCAA president, who then fired Jerry and then goes and gets Saban, believe it or not, and said, look, Jerry did it. You know, we can recruit here. We can win here. So it, it just, you know, that 1996 class started so many things for LSU that they would never look back to, Bill, to be honest. And then, look, I told you this before, I think. The first LSU game that I ever attended was 1998, speaking of that class, when Florida, number one Florida, came into Death Valley and lost. Talk about the best – talk about a game to be your first game ever. So, um, yeah, I, Jerry DiNardo was one of – I have a signed Jerry DiNardo picture, Bill, <laughs> in my office. Yeah. So, it's uh, – I mean, that's when I was growing up and, you know, love, starting to love college football. I know. We've got to get to the current, but just, just one more note. Yeah. What Jerry did forever, if people don't know that geography down there, and, and Blake lives there, he knows it better than anybody, but New Orleans was a no-no for LSU. They couldn't get kids mm-hmm. out of there. And Jerry no, is the one. No Jerry penetrated that before Nick. He did. Oh, no question. No question. Went in there and got kids that never came here. You know, I mean, Reggie Wayne and all those kind of dudes going to Miami, it stopped when Jerry got here. Blake Rafina, what's the drama today if there is some for LSU? I don't really think there's going to be a lot of drama, Bill. Maybe some things here and there that pop up. I think LSU is going to be pretty steady going into this uh, recruitment. Um, Bill, nothing really. I I mean, I'm not – now – let me just say this, it's 7.09 Central Standard Time. I'm not expecting massive fireworks to go off. I'm not saying that there won't be. There, I'm keeping my eyes on five-star defensive lineman Dominic McKinley all day. Let's see what happens there. He said he's going to push his commitment back date uh, back to February, Bill, because of LSU, the potential defensive line coach that they may hire uh, after the playoffs is over with. Uh, and then Terry Bussey, the five-star from Texas A&M as well. So, no real fireworks, Bill, on this date, but February would be uh, something that we'll watch out for for LSU. Um, but that's about it. I mean, they're they're hitting some guys in the port, Jordan Gilbert, Xavion uh, Thomas, and then A.J. Swan, who just committed. Uh, but, Bill, other than that, it's it's been pretty calm. Now, I do think, Bill, that there's one area they gotta they got to start hitting in. They're probably going to get six offensive linemen to sign in this class. I think Cohen Eccles is a guy, the four-star kid, the offensive lineman that we're watching out for today, be the only kid that's not committed to LSU that we're watching out for. Bill, offensively, they were, are recruiting a juggernaut. What they're missing in and where, they, where they're not another top-five class like they were a year ago is that they have just not been able to get the defensive linemen in here. Now, the defensive line coach went down in the preseason uh, with health concerns and, and recruiting started spiraling down. They got to they gotta sustain there, and they got to pick it up. So they have done really well everywhere else. Again, offensively juggernaut. Now, Bill, I will say this. I know this is 2024 early signing day. Bryce Underwood commenced on January the 6th, the number one quarterback in the country, number one player in the country. The number one running back in the country in 2025, Harlan Berry, commits on January the 3rd. You know, there's a chance with the Ryan Williams kid at Bama reclassifying, LSU can have the number one wide receiver, the number one running back, and the number one player in the country, and the number one quarterback 
for the 2025 class. If I were a betting man, I would say that LSU's quote-unquote targets or collective or whatever you want that's being called this day has targeted targeted for a lot of 2025 things. So I don't expect a lot of splashes today. We'll see what Dominic McKinley and Cohen Eccles. But, Bill, that's about it. We've talked because he played here in town about A.J. Swan. He's a Georgia kid. He, When he was healthy, yep. he played very well at Vanderbilt. Here's my question, mm-hmm. though. What's the plan at LSU? Because I don't think he's going to be a starter there. No. So, Bill, Brian Kelly graciously let us go to practice yesterday. And, and look, I called Garrett Nussmeyer Franklin D. Roosevelt because he was dropping dimes. For people that don't know, Franklin D. Roosevelt's on the dime. <laughs> But, I mean, Bill looked great. Looked really good. Now, the offense changed uh, under Denbrock yesterday. They're not running a lot of zone read stuff with Jaden out there. He wasn't a tenant, but they're not running a lot of zone read principle stuff. Now, Garrett can move a little bit, but he's not – obviously, clearly he's not Jaden. Bill, Malik Neighbors, Brian Thomas Jr. were there. I thought that they had two five-star receivers that they signed in last year's class, and Shelton Sampson and Jalen Brown um, are former five-stars guys. Bill, they look really good. Again, they are really good and built well offensively. I thought Garrett looked great. Bill, what 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 I was looking for yesterday is what again what they've done defensively. Now, all that being said, offensively they don't have a dude that can back up Garrett Nussmeyer. You're a rolled ankle away, okay, from having a Florida State situation. I think AJ Swan limits that. Okay, could be a bridge guy if you go and sign and get a Bryce Underwood. All that being said, Bill, the, the guys that are behind Garrett Nussmeyer are not ready. Not right now, they're not. So I think that that signing just – you're bringing in a guy with 400 passing attempts in the SEC. God forbid something goes down. I mean, Bill, God forbid, like Miles Brennan a couple of years ago goes down. Those are 400 yards against uh, Mississippi State, 400 yards against Missouri. Uh, you know, he gets hurt, and you got two true freshmen that are in there. And you go six and six or five and five, whatever it was in the COVID year. So they are just trying to mend mend defense and depth. And I think that's what AJ Swan's going to bring you here. Yeah, I mean he's a proven SEC quarterback who's played well, uh, no doubt, no he's doubt. Played really well, Bill. We did our film study on him last night. Now I'm I look, I, I I'm not trying to say that he's a second coming of Jesus Christ, Bill. He made some throws against Georgia. He made some throws against Tennessee. Correct. I, I mean, I look, I'm not saying he's going to beat out Garrett Nussmeyer by any stretch. What I saw yesterday from Garrett, kid can play. Bill, he's, he made big-time throws in big-time games for them. He didn't have anything around him. And so that's just – I mean, I think the kid could go to other places in the SEC, Bill, and start. I really believe that. I, he just can't come here and start. He's going to be a bridge guy. Bill, if Garrett goes in the draft next year, he's going to start for you. Like, he's going to be the guy next guy up. So, um, he's made some really good throws. I, I'm going to be really intrigued to see when he comes in here in spring uh, and how he looks because I, I think that he can do some good things in an offense like this. With Bill, just the receivers that he's got around him uh, that will be returning and guys that they have here. All right. You know this was coming. And Dom up in Pittsburgh said, Bill, make sure and ask, Mike Dembrock, is there any concern that he would go to Notre Dame? <laughs> you got Bill. You, I, I ain't trying to be petty, all right. But just so, just hear me out. You didn't pay. You didn't pay the fifteen million dollars to go get Andy Ludwig last year. 
you gonna pay the twenty that LSU just got in the contract extension on Mike Denbrock? <laughs> if Jack Swarbrick's not on the line, I can't answer that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, 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 I'm just gonna say this: <laughs> he's shooting down. He, he ain't going nowhere. I, I don't just, think. I, I feel I would be utterly shocked if he went somewhere. I think that Denbrock did not get a head, a head coaching uh, really just – I mean, Bill, he's a year away. I think right. that he wants to do that, but I think he's going to stay here one more year. I think what they're doing – Bill, again, he can't go – I like Notre Dame. I think they got good pieces. I think Riley Leonard's a good piece. I'm telling you, Bill, what they what LSU's got on the outside of wide receiver, they're not, they're re, they're not rebuilding. They're retooling. Like, they got dudes, like serious dudes. All right, so I just think that he's gonna. I think he's gonna stay put. I think they need to look over at Missouri, Bill, and see that offensive coordinator over there, Kirby Moore. That's been mentioned. I don't know if there's any real connection, but yeah, been mentioned. Hey, Blake, tell everybody how they can get your info. Rapino Joe Show. We go around college football tonight, and then LSU stuff at 7 p.m. Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. All right, man. See you next week. Thanks, Bill. Go talk. Mr. Blake Rufino, so good, man. So good. Brent Ciancia. Yeah, we missed him last hour, so he's with us here coming up. Omni Nashville Hotel. Good morning. I see two cars up against the wall out here in the Antioch area. 24 westbound, right at Old Hickory Boulevard. It's uh, not blocking traffic, but it's uh, aggravating that heavy traffic that's already coming in from Rutherford County in this area of Antioch on 24 westbound. Again, right at Old Hickory Boulevard. Starting to get a little bit busy now down through Millersville on 65 going southbound as you come through that section of Sumner County. Princess Hot Chicken is catering during the holiday season. Their pies and cakes are delicious. Check them out online at princesshotchicken.com. Uh, I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. Prince's Hot Chicken, Nashville's original hot chicken, with three locations serving Middle Tennessee, south on Nolensville Road, 5th and Broad, downtown, and the new location at Tanger Outlet Mall. You can now order your favorite flavor of heat online at princesshotchicken.com. And don't forget dessert, including special holiday pies. Prince's Hot Chicken in three locations and princesshotchicken.com. Prince's Hot Chicken, Nashville's original hot chicken, Hey, this is Darren. And this is Justin. And we are the McFarland weekdays from 2 until 4 p.m. And we want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas. And a Happy New Year. Hey, this is Damon Keene, producer for the McFarland Show, and I want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Hey, along with Pat Cook, John Burton, Greg Pogan, the Greg Pogan, John Burton Show, all of us wishing everybody the best of holiday seasons and even better 2024. 2023 was a great year. We're looking forward to more fun in 2024, and we thank you for your loyal listenership. We love the interaction. Keep the phone calls coming. Indeed. Holidays are about family. We consider our listeners very much a part of our family. Thank you for listening, and all the best during this holiday season from the Greg Pogan, John Burton Show. I'm Joe Fisher from the Mid-State Checkdown High School Football Game of the Week. From our family at WNSR to yours, Merry Christmas 
and happy holidays and a happy new year. Brian Dennis Roofing and Construction is asking listeners to please donate a toy to Toys for Tots this holiday season. You can make a difference in the life of a child. This message is brought to you by Brian Dennis Roofing and Construction, serving up to 45 miles from Nashville with quality and pride since 1994. Specializing in residential and light commercial, storm damage repairs, roofing, gutters, insurance claims, and much more. Call 615-484-1425. 615-484-1425. That's Brian Dennis Roofing and Construction. They're professionals who care. It's the NFL on Sports USA, and we're in the Sunshine State as the Jacksonville Jaguars head over to Tampa Bay to battle the Buccaneers. Trevor Lawrence and the Jags bring lots of talent on offense like Kirk, Ridley, and ETN. Baker and the Bucks can sail downfield thanks to Godwin and Evans. Mayfield goes deep left side, has Mike Evans for a Bucks touchdown. It's the Jaguars at the Buccaneers this Sunday on Sports USA. Coverage begins at 2.30, live on WNSR, Nashville Sports Radio. Get into the Bill King Show, 615-844-5600. He doesn't charge by the minute. Pick six previews joins us here. Brett, I probably ask you this every year, but what is your routine on signing day, the signing period? Are you all into it? Definitely changed over the years. I remember, say, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, it would be listening to Bill King's show and, and you know, watching message boards and uh, watching the ESPN signing day coverage. Uh, now, I still do the Bill King show, obviously, but uh, a lot of the, the excitement has been gone from this day because uh, I think almost all the five stars, almost all the top 100 prospects are already committed. Um, and then this isn't the final day. I mean, if they don't commit today, they have until February. And then also with the transfer portal, it becomes uh, almost the focus on where the top transfers are going. So, um, you know, there's still some great coverage across the country. I'll, I'll tune in and, and follow it, but it definitely has lost some luster and some of the finality that it used to have on that February day, the first uh, Wednesday in February. No Kev brings up something. He's up in Chicago. Wants to know, how do you think Michigan does today? But here's the better part of this question. He said, it sounds like Harbaugh is sick of the NCAA screwing with him, and he's out. There is an overwhelming sentiment, Brett, that once Michigan is complete with their football season, whenever that is here with the playoffs, he's gone. Yeah, well, I mean, that's been talked about the last couple off seasons. Uh, he's looked at the NFL. He clearly has an interest of returning to the NFL. Um, that's, that's evident by the coaching searches he's been involved in, the interviews. So I think he still has that, that itch to get back there. So, um, yeah, it would not surprise me, especially the, the ringer that they've gone through, right or wrong, um, you know, with the NCAA violations and the Big Ten suspension. And so, I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Recruiting-wise, um, you know, average. It's, it's not what you'd, what you'd expect from a team that's been in three straight college football playoffs. Usually you'd think that that would boost them into the top ten, probably the top five. They're sitting there at 16th right now. And that's 
usually pretty good, but for the big, the new Big Ten, that's going to be barely above average when, when you're crowded with Oregon and Penn State and USC, Ohio State, uh, even Nebraska and Wisconsin are, are surging right now. So, yeah, it's a tough recruiting landscape anymore for them. I don't know if you've had a chance to take a look, but Dylan Rayola this morning has signed with Nebraska. From a newsworthy standpoint, for Matt Rule in that program, that's a big moment. Yeah, that's that's potentially a program changer because um, they haven't landed a five-star at, at any position since 2006. Uh, they hadn't landed a five-star ever in the modern five-star quarterback ever in the modern history of recruiting. So, um, and when you watched Nebraska last year, the problem was at quarterback. I mean, almost the entire problem was at quarterback. The defense was elite, in my opinion. It was really strong defensively. Um, some bright spots on offense, but at quarterback, the turnovers were brutal. So you get, you go out, you sign the number one overall quarterback in the class. Huge momentum spot for Nebraska. We talked months ago about this, where he was considering Georgia. Uh, Nebraska and USC, and ultimately flips from Georgia to Nebraska here. So, uh, yeah, that surges Nebraska into the top 20 for recruiting. Um, I'd like to see if that lands uh, or leads to more domino effect of transfers that want to come play with them. I can, you know, I can, I can see a scenario where a lot of top receivers want to come in and play with, with Rayola. So, um, yeah, program changer for Matt Rule. Um, and yeah, I think there's something to build around here, some legit excitement there for a program that has not had much of it the last five, 10 years. How do you think Dylan Gabriel plays at Oregon? Yeah, I was really impressed with Dylan Gabriel. Um, you know, September, October, he was on my list to consider for the Heisman, especially after he led that big comeback win, that comeback drive against Texas in the final minute. I thought that was pretty impressive and had the stats to back it up. Got banged up a couple weeks there in October, November, um, and then Oklahoma fell out of the playoff race. But really great stat season. I think he's going to do great at Oregon. I mean, they, they hit on their last transfer with Bo Nix, and uh, this looks like a similar case where a guy, a very experienced college quarterback, can come in, learn the new offense, and distribute to their playmakers. So, yeah, that's probably the top quarterback transfer so far for me. Uh, I know the rankings on 24-7 and other sites don't bear that out, but to me that's the top quarterback transfer so far. Well, and there's talk that Dante Moore, who once committed there, might be heading there too. Dante Moore can't think he's going to be getting the job immediately. Right. And I, I don't know the eligibility status of Gabriel. I'd assume that'd be a one-year deal. So maybe right. with Dante Moore, he's looking ahead uh, past 2024 and could use another year of development because he was thrown into the mix really early on. He's a true freshman this year at UCLA, uh, thrown into a tough spot there on their offense and, and struggled a bit. So I think it's not the worst-case scenario for a guy to learn under a new offense, under uh, experienced quarterback in Gabriel, and then take over full-time in 2025. But, um, I mean, hey, or he can go compete, have a huge offseason, improve, and compete with Gabriel. But my money would be on Gabriel right now to start in a head-to-head battle, but uh, we'll see what Dante Moore does. It's really interesting. Last year, California had, and that was the class of 23, Five-star quarterbacks, Nico Iamaleava, you had Malachi Moore. It was a good year. California is always a good year, right, when it comes to players, quarterbacks, etc. Malachi Moore goes to Southern Cal, waiting on Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams is now moving on, and Malachi Moore is transferring, I'm assuming because everybody expects Will Howard to go to USC. 
Yeah, the, the quarterback carousel rages on. Uh, it, it does surprise me though because he was uh, what he was a five star quarterback, one yeah. of the top, yeah, one of the top quarterbacks in that entire class. Has a year in the system and is scared away by by some competition by Will Howard. And um, I don't know, I I don't know what it is with quarterbacks nowadays. They seem really averse to, to competition, and it's surprising because when you watch these teams over the course of twelve, thirteen games, there are a lot of injuries at the quarterback position. I mean. Any team has to go through a couple of weeks where they're banged up or with a backup. So there are definitely – I know we, we say only one guy can play, but uh, a lot of times, I'd say almost more often than not, the backup gets some significant key moments of the season and can go improve himself. So uh, I'm just shocked at the amount – or say the lack of the amount of competition at the quarterback spot. People are uh, really, really just looking to transfer and get an automatic starting job. Look at Kyle McCord. Uh, the rumor that came out, I don't know if it's confirmed, but – Ohio State said, "Hey, you got to no, nothing's guaranteed for 2024. You got to compete and, and develop for the starting job." He runs away from that, considers Nebraska, and probably got news that they had Rayola coming. Runs from that, and then ends up at Syracuse, where I assume there's no competition at quarterback. So, very strange the anti-competition at quarterback, but that's just a, a mark of the modern era right now. Brett Sianza is with us each and every Wednesday. Always a pleasure to have him. Signing period. I don't call it signing day, Brett, and that's what everybody's called it for decades because it's not signing day. It's a period. It's a 72-hour period. It's not one day. I wanted to ask you, Cam Ward from Incarnate Word in San Antonio to Washington State, now free agent, everybody wants him, probably down to Miami or Florida State. Do you think one is a better fit than the other? Wow, that's a great question. Um, well, I, I would start with Florida State. I mean, look at what Mike Norvell has done uh, with a mobile quarterback, a dual threat, Jordan Travis. And I think with Cam Ward, maybe more of a passer, but, I mean, he definitely has the foot speed and is able to extend plays in the pocket. Uh, a more proven program right now. So if you're Cam Ward, I think you look at Florida State. Miami, I, I thought that two years into the crystal ball era would be a better product than we have so far. Uh, that, that has been somewhat of a surprise. I thought that this time was different with him. Uh, give it another year and we'll see. But I think the best spot for Cam Ward out of those two will be Florida State. But it is interesting that those two Florida teams are going head-to-head for him. They're also throwing a ton of money in, uh, in NIL deals at Jeremiah Smith, the other five-star receiver, uh, who's set to commit at noon today. I think he's an Ohio State lean still. But he uh, Smith himself had said that he's getting huge offers from the Florida schools. Brett Ciancia, pick six previews. I was talking about this the last few days. We're still in the embryonic stages of this whole freebie transfer, but also name, image, likeness, money. And we don't really know what the market is. There's a bunch of lies. Brett, nobody confirms any number. It's just loosely thrown out there about players. And we don't really know yet. If you can overwhelm a roster with transfers, example, Ole Miss is having a phenomenal transfer portal hole here and might well still get Walter Nolan, who apparently has got it down, he just said, to Ole Miss and Oregon. But one of the theories is, could you bring in such a vaunted portal class with all these money rumors – throw them at a roster, and poison a locker room? 
Yeah, well, it's definitely a great experiment. No one's doing it better than Lane Kiffin, who calls himself the Portal King. He <laughs> certainly has earned that nickname. Uh, I think it's three straight years now they'll finish in the top three of transfers. Uh, so, you know, it's interesting for a program like Ole Miss because uh, on the high school recruiting trail and given their location and given their resources compared to the Bamas and Georgias of the world, they're never going to outcompete them. They're never going to outsign a class, so they're not going to be a number one class. But a, a way that they can make up that ground is through an innovative offense that Kiffin has, an offense that transfers want to come play for, and then having a great transfer coach like Lane Kiffin. So he's, he's catching them up through the transfer portal, and it seems to be working. I mean, 10-win uh, season this year, uh, way more competitive than they have been in the past. So, yeah, and look at some of these names. they got Juice Wells, the top, one of the top receivers in the whole SEC, coming in from South Carolina fresh off that injury. Uh, Richardson from uh, Mississippi State. Key Lawrence, a very experienced safety from Oklahoma. Uh, One of the best pass rushers from Florida. So there's a lot of good names on this list, and I'm I'm sure he'll add a couple more to this cycle. But, yeah, it's definitely an experiment. I mean, it worked so far for Ole Miss. It worked for Florida State. Mike Norvell doesn't get enough credit there. Uh, Maybe it hasn't worked so much at other places, but uh, something, something definitely to monitor. And so far with Kiffin, now we were talking with Ole Miss Evie the other day. She said two years ago there did seem to be a little bit of a chemistry issue with the team. But the last couple of years hadn't been a problem bringing in those yeah, maybe, uh Yeah, maybe a couple more cycles in that's working. Um, I guess the other two big experiments so far were Colorado. I mean, that's still, t- that's still TBD. I think they have another big transfer class coming in today uh, this cycle. So, uh, the jury's still out there. They did improve from one to four wins, but I don't know what we have with Colorado. They're still the biggest mystery in college football. The other big experiment was USC's defense, and that did not hit home. I mean, I think we still have to uh, stress the importance of the coaching, the coordinators, the player development, and the culture because uh, they signed a ton of five stars on paper through the transfer portal defensively and still trotted out one of the worst defenses in the country. So uh, it's just uh, like, like with recruiting, it's just a starting point. You know, you got to bring in good players. That's just the starting point. You got to develop them. You got to have great uh, coordinators, great schemes that fit, and you got to have player retention once you bring them in. So, uh, just one piece to the big puzzle. Brett Ciancia, Pick Six Previews is with us each and every Wednesday. When did you first start keeping up with recruiting? Uh, yeah, probably uh, when I was in middle school, I'd say. I mean, I'm, I'm a little bit younger than some of the audience, but back uh, in middle school, it was still. You know, at the beginning of the modern recruiting era where we're starting to pick up speed. It was starting to get ESPNU coverage. Um, so you had a, a live show to actually watch and tune into. Uh, the recruiting sites were getting big, and you, you could log in and see the rankings minute by minute. Um, and then message boards were big, too, and you could just see the rumor mill from there. Mess- you know, mid-2000s message boards were a whole different beast. I, I missed that era. Uh, it was a lot of excitement, so... But, yeah, you're right about it being where it was one day. It was February, early February. You could, you know, take off work or get out of school or whatever and just log in all day. And it was really the college football Christmas in terms of uh, gifts for your team. Because And back then, when you signed a guy, you, you pretty much knew you had him for three, four, or five years. Uh, now, a lot of that luster has been lost because it's just an open period. Uh, a lot of the guys are already committed. Um, and uh, if they don't commit, they have until February. And then who knows, a lot of these guys might transfer in a year. So it just doesn't have the same appeal. I think it's still an important day. Obviously, a culmination of a great career for the players' perspective, but uh, from the fan perspective, it uh, just has lost a lot of luster since the old days. I contend the biggest announcement 
is Carson Beck coming back to Georgia of all these announcements? Yeah, that's a big one. And I wonder how much of that behind the scenes uh, ended up flipping Rayola to reconsider. I mean, if we talked about quarterbacks competing on the field, maybe he saw that news or heard an inkling of that and then wanted to go uh, to Nebraska instead of Georgia. But And then who knows the domino effect of that cause. But, yeah, that's huge for Georgia. They, you know, they were still going to be a playoff contender anyway, but this solidifies it again that, that Georgia's not going anywhere. I mean, they're, they're three points away from another undefeated season. They'll be right back there uh, contending next year. That's a huge one. We can only surmise, but what do you think next year will be like, the playing portion of the season, when games are not necessarily do or die? Well, I think it loses a lot of luster. I've been talking about this for at least 10 years. Uh, I've been talked about, uh, everyone's asked, what do you think the best playoff structure should be? Should it expand to 8, 16? I was anti-expansion from the start. I, you know, if you follow me on Twitter or heard me on the radio, you've known that. Uh, especially when it wasn't a popular opinion. I think a lot of people are coming back to our side of seeing that maybe the four-teamer was important. But uh, I can't wait either way. I love college football. Brett Cianci of Pick 6 Previews. Appreciate it, man. See you next week. Thanks, Bill. There he is. Does a fantastic job. Top of the hour, Brad Powers, because we're all Friday. Yeah, Brad will be with us here in about 25 minutes. Omni Nashville Hotel. Good morning. We had that earlier crash, 24 westbound in the Antioch area. It's uh, going to be near OHP. It's already still heavy traffic flow trying to get out of Rutherford County towards uh, Nashville up through there as it is on 24 going westbound. Starting to pick up in Hermitage, 40 west as you come past Central Pike. It's increasing with that volume down through Millersville on 65 going southbound. Prince's Hot Chicken is catering during this holiday season. Check out that awesome menu today at princesshotchicken.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. Attention high school sports fans, are you an armchair official? You know, the parent or fan who constantly yells at the referees and loves to let everyone know just how bad you think they are. Well, if you think you could do better, then get in the game and prove it. It's time for you to suit up and make the calls where they actually count. Every sport in Tennessee needs more officials. Sign up today at highschoolofficials.com. Located at 5410 Murfreesboro Road in the heart of Laverne, City Slickers is one-stop shopping for all your liquor, beer, and wine needs and has been a multiple winner annually in the best of Rutherford County voting for best liquor store and top wine shop. Featuring the lowest prices, the best customer service with unsurpassed knowledge, City Slickers offers the largest craft beer selection in Rutherford and southeastern Davidson counties and has beer on tap at its Growler Filling Station. 
Houston, City Slickers also sells mixers, sodas, snacks, tobacco products, and the Tennessee Lottery, and can place special orders and assist with all your events and even wedding planning. Make sure you follow City Slickers on all their social media or just give them a call at 615-280-7469. That's 615-280-7469. Located in the heart of Laverne, City Slickers. With 13 locations nationally, including Smyrna, Star Leasing Company is a semi-trailer one-stop shop and the perfect place to build a career as a semi-trailer mechanic. Seeking candidates with all levels of experience, Star Leasing Company has a semi-trailer technician trainee program with sign-on and quarterly bonuses and other opportunities such as $1,000 for having a yearly physical. The package also includes 401k with company match, health, dental, and vision insurance, competitive pay with weekly paychecks, and paid holidays and time off. Star Leasing Company, not your typical semi-trailer leasing company. It's StarLeasing.com to learn more. It's a Bill King Show. We are college football-centric. That is the sun that warms our planet that we live on. Our planet actually isn't flat or round. It's an oblong spheroid, and we are here to proselytize about it, edify it every day on this here radio show. Weekday mornings beginning at 6 on Sports Radio 560 on 95.9 FM. He gives you a wide latitude on topics because Bill King isn't afraid of your telephonic interaction. 615-844-5600. Tennessee needs DBs. As many as six hit the portal on them. Now, not many of them performed all that well. But nonetheless, they are devoid of numbers. They get some good news. Jermod McCoy committed to them. He's a Texas kid. He played at Oregon State as a freshman. Played well. And had quite a few teams recruiting him from the portal Came down to Tennessee or Texas A&M, and there was a worry. I know on the Tennessee side, there's a worry because if you're a Texas kid and you've been out in Corvallis, and by the way, Oregon State had a very good program, still, I'm sure when you grow up in an incredible state like Texas, you think, okay, well, be pretty cool to play for one of these schools like Texas or A&M or... TCU, whoever, right? SMU, Texas Tech. But he is going to Tennessee. He is committed to Tennessee, and I would assume he plays cornerback for them immediately. If they could play him in the bowl game, (laughs) which you can't, but if they could, probably plug him in right there. Who cares whether he's been part of it or not? Just plug him in there and say, hey, Go get number 88 or whatever. But good news. Yes, that is uh, very good news for the Vols who need help in that secondary that couldn't cover a stationary bar stool. They need help. <laughs> they, they, they need desperate help. 
back there. Oh, there is another, I don't know if it's rumor, but there's talk that Joe Milton may opt out of the bowl game. Now, I'm not trying to be rude, but I want to see Nico. I want to see these young guys play. I want to see Nico play. I want to see. Now, we got to see Dante Moore. That was uh, hit or miss. I understand. But it's, it's time to transition to your future if you're Tennessee. You probably should have done a little bit more of this during the playing portion of the season. And there is no confirmation on this, but there is talk that maybe Joe Milton is going to skip out and opt out of the bowl game. He's a big guy, but injury-wise, got to remember now, Iowa's defense is nasty. Their offense isn't, but their defense is wicked. I guess the flip side of that is what if Nico does end up playing, being the starter in that game? Milton is out, and he gets killed in that game. He gets uh, he gets ragdolled in that game. That's 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 the flip side of that, for sure. Jim in Jupiter. We got probably two minutes. Jim, how you doing, sir? I'm doing great, but I got to tell you, Billy, I miss the old days where signing day meant so much. You know, right now, no matter who we sign or who, whatever team you like, who they sign, there's a good chance that you'll never see these guys, you know, make it through at your school. And say like Florida State, let's say like something awful happens today and we lose K.J. Bolden and he signs with Georgia or, or Auburn. I mean, I'm not going to lose sleep over that because now I got the portal to go to. Yeah. So it's – it's just not what it was, you know, and that's what I missed about it. It was just a, it was like Christmas. I would take off work every year, and I'd be on my computer, you know, with dial-up, and then, you know, when we finally got some faster internet, and you just, it was must-see from 7 o'clock until whatever, the end of the day. And it's just not that anymore, you know? It's just it's not what it was. Correct. It's not. Today is not the confetti just run around in a frenzy day that we're used to. And probably, Jim, I'm assuming once the genie gets out of the bottle, it's probably not coming back. Oh, it'll only get worse when they're when they're fully paying players with um with the T V money. And we both know that's coming. TV money is going to be, you know, given out to these players, and they're going to have money beyond their wildest dreams. I think we more than half of it. No, go ahead, Jim. We lost you there for a second. Yeah, we lost you for a second, but go ahead. Yeah, but you know, NFL players, more than half of them are are broke within five years. What do you think is going to happen to a seventeen or eighteen year old? when the entire team is making, it, you know, million-dollar contracts. Well, and you owe everybody, you owe your family, you owe your friends, they'll be broke too. Yeah, you owe your agent. So I got a question about this. You know, I know they're getting paid now, right? 
But say you got a player, we'll say, you know, we'll use him as an example. This isn't happening. But say Johnny Wilson has an agent, and he said he signed with an NFL agent. He's getting paid now. Can they come back or because, or because you signed with a true agent, are you stuck? I don't think that's a deal breaker anymore. They all have agents. They have agents when they're in college now. They have handlers. I don't think that's a deal breaker. Yeah, I, I don't think it is either. It's just crazy time. So whatever happens today with the Knolls, we're going to be okay. All right, bud. Appreciate it, man. Jim and Jupiter, we'll get the break. Brad is today because we're all Friday. Omni Nashville Hotel. Good morning. I'm looking at a crash over here on 65. It's southbound right at the north loop. Now, this is going to slow down that traffic even more so here in the next few minutes on 65 southbound at Trinity Lane. Again, a wreck, possibly with some injuries. Again, 65 southbound right at the north loop. Expect delays down through there for a while near Trinity Lane. 24 still heavy westbound up through Antioch uh, as you come in from uh, Murfreesboro, Rutherford County. Princess Hot Chicken is catering near the holiday season. Check out those pies and cakes. Log on to Princess hotchicken.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. In a single moment, everything can change. When a player's sudden cardiac event brought a national football game to a halt, it shone a spotlight on the importance of CPR readiness. Now, with youth sports in full swing, the American Heart Association is rallying parents and coaches to be ready in an emergency. To be ready, learn hands-only CPR. It's a skill anyone can learn in minutes. Visit heart.org slash handsonlycpr and become a lifesaver today. Your brain is an amazing thing. But as you get older, it naturally begins to change, causing a lack of sharpness or even trouble with recall. Thankfully, the breakthrough in Prevagen helps your brain and actually improves memory. The secret is an ingredient originally discovered in jellyfish. Based on a clinical study of subgroups of individuals who are cognitively normal or mildly impaired, Prevagen has been shown to improve memory. A Pharmacy Times National Survey of Pharmacists rated Prevagen the number one pharmacist-recommended memory support brand for the fifth year in a row. You can find it in the vitamin aisle in stores everywhere without a prescription. Help your memory. Try Prevagen today. Prevagen, healthier brain, better life. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. And now, Paramount Roofing and Exteriors is reminding motorists to slow down on our roadways, keep an eye out for kids at play, and never text and drive. This message is brought to you by Paramount Roofing and Exteriors, serving Middle Tennessee. 
For all your roofing and exterior needs, give the pros a call today at 615-635-1790. 615-635-1790. That's Paramount Roofing and Exteriors, LLC. Going the extra mile for safety. They're professionals who care. It's the McFarlane Show with Darren McFarlane and Fox 17's Justin McFarlane. Yeah, I lose to Alabama, I'm depressed. Boom. Well, I just didn't expect the collapse when you get excited in the first half. Yeah, halftime, you were probably dancing. Oh, man. Right? Yeah, it was kind of depressing. I don't think it's because Vols fans were like, we lost in Tuscaloosa? Like, so disappointing. It's really about what happened, right? It was like two different games. The McFarlane Show with Darren and Justin on Nashville Sports Radio WNSR. He knows more about the oblong spheroid than any man in America. It's Bill King. No cab up in Chicago. Bill, based on what Brett said about quarterbacks, Brett Ciancio, not wanting to compete, does it surprise you that more don't go to smaller schools and put up numbers for a year or two and then make the move? No, because players don't think that way. They don't want to go to the smaller schools if they can avoid it. They want to go where the light is brightest and where the notoriety is the biggest. Cam Ward had no choices. He ended up at Incarnate Word, which is a good spot. There in San Antonio, but it's it's not something you don't you don't dial into incarnate word games, right? You're not thinking about that on a Saturday. Started his career there. He's from Texas, put up big numbers, and then followed his coach to Washington State. That's how he got there, and he also produced on the field. But he had no choice but to start on a smaller level and then advance up. If you are a recruit. And you have all these choices among the D1 brand name schools. You're not going to go somewhere small just to put up some numbers. Now, I'm not saying that's a bad idea that Nolkev has espoused there. But players can't do that. That's beneath them. That's beneath them. They don't, they don't want to do that. They want to go where the notoriety is the best, the brand is the best, and that may mean you're sitting out. Heck, that might mean you never get the job and you end up having to leave. But initially, they want to start that way. The ones that end up at the smaller schools do that because that's the only pathway afforded. And Nolkev has a point. That could be a good pathway. That might mature you into taking those next steps at a bigger name brand. Sure, that could absolutely happen. But players, if given the choice, aren't going to go small school just to get playing time. Now, they they may choose among D1 brand names a school because of the playing time options. 
but not Incarnate Word or something like that. Yeah, they just they just won't. But there's always going to be dudes at various schools that might not have had the storied high school career. How about the quarterback who played on a team where they ran the wing tee, and he has a really, really good arm, but that's not the offense. Sometimes a guy like that gets overlooked. And then he gets to, uh, let's say, a college that's not as big as his talent warrants, and his arm starts being featured, and everybody's going, whoa, wait a minute. And then he has other options after that. Or maybe it's a guy who physically didn't mature. Most football players are their height probably their junior year of high school. If you're going to be 6'3", you're probably 6'3", about then. But these guys who mature later, the defensive end who in high school is 6'1 195, goes to a small college because of that size, and in two years, he's 6'4", 265. That happens. The guy who matures late. Heck, David Robinson in basketball goes to Navy, he's 6'6". Wakes up one day, he's 7'1". And the most dominant player in America. That that's I mean that's not on every street corner, but that happens with football basketball players. Who was the uh, point guard at Indiana from Baton Rouge? Played at IU, and apparently he was five three, and played at a junior college, I believe, in Baton Rouge. That year, he ended up 6-1, goes to IU, wins a national championship. Now, this is about 10 years before Isaiah Thomas. Who was that point guard? I forget. UIU fans can tell me. But that happens. And particularly the defensive lineman. Or, or you have a tight end in high school who's 6'5", 220. And somewhere in there, he's he goes from being a pretty – Nimble-footed tight end at 6'5", 220 to 6'6", 300. And now he's a tackle for you, and he's a dude. Remember Joe Alt at one point, what's likely the top tackle, other than the Penn State tackle, one of those two, in this draft was a three-star tight end listed at 240 pounds, Joe Alt, 6'7", 240. Now, I don't know when the last time he weighed 240 was, but that was a – Height and weight that I saw from him. He was a three-star recruit. Now, his dad, famous player at Iowa in the NFL. But he was a three-star. He gets to Notre Dame, and about four or five games into his true freshman year, he is their left tackle, and he doesn't he doesn't give it up. And he's 6'8", 320. But most players are their height well before college. Now, maybe not physically in the weight and all that, the weight room stuff. That's an advancement through the years, but just saying, man. Keith Smart. Yeah, thanks, Rod. Keith Smart. 
Apparently, he was coming out of high school into junior college about 5'3". <laughs> Brad Powers when we come back. Post your gambling questions. We're getting right to them. 